0: Consumers Checkbook is based on a simple premise, empower you, the consumer, with information about local providers so you can make informed purchasing decisions. In the late 1970s, Robert Krugoff came up with the idea for Checkbook. His life's work was turning that dream into a reality. I'm Herb Weisbaum, the consumer man, a contributing editor at Checkbook.org.
1: Welcome to Consumerpedia. At Checkbook.org, we're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, you can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weissbaum.
0: Something different in this episode a tribute to the man who created Consumer's Checkbook and the nonprofit organization that publishes ratings and reviews in seven cities, runs the website Checkbook.org, and produces this podcast. After more than 45 years, our founder and president, Robert Krugoff, is retiring. But we couldn't let him leave without a proper send-off. Robert joins us from Checkbook Headquarters in downtown Washington, D.C. Hey there, Robert. Hi, how are you doing? Great. So I'm curious, how did you come up with the idea to create a non that rated local service firms in Washington, D.C.? I heard you were having a beer with President Lincoln. He suggested it to you. Is that true?
2: Well, I've gotten most of my advice from President Lincoln, but uh, in, this case, <laughs> in this case, I did it on my own. He was a little old to give me advice on this when I started to think about
0: it. What was your thought process? Why did you think this was needed?
2: Well, I always tell people a story that... Uh, I took my car into an auto repair shop and got it back the next day and drove it away. And within a minute, I knew that it wasn't fixed right. So I took it back in. They said they had fixed it and everything was good and uh, drove it away again. And same problem. It had not been fixed. I did that three times. When it happened the third time, I thought, boy, there ought to be a way to choose auto repair shops that actually do the work right and get it, get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, there ought to be something like a consumer reports for local service firms. And I realized that that would be true of auto repair shops, but also of plumbers and lawn care services and roofers and all kinds of services like that uh, home and car related services, but also very clear that you'd like to have, be able to get information on the quality of doctors and veterinarians and things like that. Actually, I had spent uh, a couple of years I was working for what was then called the Office of Health Education and Welfare, which is now the same as HHS. Mm-hmm. So when I was there, we evaluated healthcare providers and welfare systems and Head Start programs and neighborhood health centers and social services specialists and all kinds of things like that. And that was very interesting. And figuring out how to evaluate those things was a real challenge. Uh, and certainly it wasn't the same as evaluating an auto repair shop, but it required you know, some of the same skills, and so I just thought there ought to be something to evaluate services, not just to evaluate products, as Consumer Reports was doing at the time. Uh, and so I started to think about how to do that.
0: So back then no one else was doing this. There was no Yelp. There was no Trustpilot. Consumer Reports only rated products, not services. Obviously, your thinking was that people needed ratings for doctors and plumbers and auto repair shops, as you found out, in other local services, right?
2: Yes, people definitely needed that. It was clear to me that I didn't know who was good. And if I didn't, uh, no reason to think that other people were going to know who were the good ones and who were the bad ones. And that's true in terms of quality, but it's also true in terms of the cost, the reliability, et cetera.
0: I was told it was quite a shoestring operation when it first started. How did you get and tally your results back then?
2: Well, we had to figure out ways to do it. So some of them were kind of strange, but and some of them are, you know, we, we still do. And I guess I didn't tell you that we started out by putting out a magazine Uh, And we did that for about 20 years before we could go online, but then we switched and started to also still have the magazine, but also put evaluations online to help people choose plumbers and auto repair shops and daycare centers and all kinds of things like that.
0: Then you decided to rate hospitals and doctors, something that had never been done before. Did you get much pushback on that from the medical community?
2: (laughs) Well, yes. Got a lot of pushback on it. You know, there's some things that we would evaluate. It was just, does the doctor listen to you? Does the doctor explain things? Does the doctor tell you what your risks are? Things like that. And those are things that we could evaluate by surveying consumers. And we did that right away. We started to survey consumers about doctors and about hospitals, et cetera. But we also wanted to get other forms of feedback and and some kind of strange things we did. When we were trying to evaluate hospital emergency departments, one thing we did was uh, survey members of ambulance squads. And so we went to many, many fire departments and other places that have the ambulance squads and were running the ambulances. And we actually interviewed many, many people uh, who were working there who were regularly taking people to emergency departments. And in the process of that, it turned out that it seemed like they were getting quite a bit of insight into how well that emergency department responded and how quickly it responded and so on uh, and published the results. But we also wanted to evaluate nursing homes, for instance. And we decided that it made sense to survey somebody who was regularly going to various different nursing homes and forming opinions as to how well those nursing homes were taking care of patients. And so one of the things we did then was we surveyed hundreds of members of the clergy and asked them about a nursing homes that they felt they knew something about uh, and asked them, does the staff communicate well with the patients and communicate well with the families? Does the staff provide the services that the patients need? Anyway, we were able to ask members of the clergy who were regularly visiting these nursing homes and talking to patients and families about the experience they were having at these nursing homes. That was another source of information on those nursing homes. So we tried you know, a lot of different ways to evaluate healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we do is just give people advice. And, and also, you know, should you request cost information in advance, and you clearly should, and we could show that there were big price differences for exactly the same thing. In fact, we use undercover shoppers as we do for many different types of healthcare services. In fact, many different types of services in general.
0: I want to go back just a second. So in the early days to rate emergency rooms, you, Robert Krugoff, would go around to the fire stations in the Washington, D.C. area, knock on the door and say, Hi, my name's Robert Krugoff, and I'm starting this new (laughs) publication called Checkbook. And could you possibly tell me what you think about the emergency rooms where you take your patients? Is that what you
2: were doing? That's one of the things we were doing, yes. Now, we we also, you know, a very important part of what we did was to survey patients, and we surveyed our own own subscribers when when we began to have subscribers and we surveyed Consumer Reports subscribers, you know, and we looked to see whether these emergency departments were licensed and whether they had had legal problems or and other things like that. But yes, you know, we hired people as soon as we could afford to do so and asked them to, to go out and talk to uh, ambulance squad members and stuff like that.
0: Very, very clever. These days, there are all sorts of rating services available. What do you think makes checkbooks rating different? And is it those undercover shoppers and price surveys that helps make that different?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing is, and I'm, you know, thinking of Angie, List and home advisor and Yelp, we look at those and we say, well, they are getting most or all of their money from the very organizations and outfits and service providers that they claim to be evaluating. And we're the only organization that doesn't take money from the service providers we evaluate. And that's a very big thing. You know, that's really a problem. That's a form of bias that we think people should definitely be aware of and, you know, should not put as much reliance on ratings where the raters are actually getting paid by the entities that are being rated.
0: Let's finish up with some lessons learned. After 45 years, you come up, I think, with a pretty deep understanding of the marketplace. A lot of consumers equate price with quality, and you say it just doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah, we found out that there was really no relation. In fact, there is sometimes an inverse relationship. Yeah, I'll give you an example. For um, auto repair shops, which is what we first started to talk about here, we would uh, have our undercover price shoppers call or visit shops to get their prices for a number of specific repairs and we'd find very big differences for example in one area the price to replace the water pump on a 2014 Ford Escape uh, using OEM parts. That's a lot of detail, but we had to at least get those facts out to get the prices. And that price ranged from $235 all the way up to $850, depending on which shop you got a price from. And we would get prices from all the shops, but big differences in price. And we found the shops with the lowest prices actually turned out to have better quality ratings in many cases than the higher price shops
0: but the great thing about checkbook and the seven cities where we publish is you can look at the price and compare it to quality if you're out there on the other rest of the united states you have no idea if the lower price is lower just because they have lower overhead or because they don't do quality work you really can't tell if you're outside of our
2: seven rating areas Yes. Yeah. No, that's right. That's why it's so important that we do what we do. And I, you know, I wish that there were ways to get those price comparisons in all uh, other metropolitan areas. In fact, you know, everywhere. But it just isn't possible. There's a lot of work to do those price comparisons. So it takes a long time to get that information. And it's very important to see how big the price differences are. And it's also very important to see which ones are less expensive and then which ones rate better in terms of their customers. But all that is just a lot of work, and it just isn't available in most parts of the country.
0: Well, something for you to do in your next lifetime, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hear people say, when I'm going to hire a contractor, I get three price estimates, I eliminate the high, I eliminate the low, and I take the middle price. Now, that's no way to do it. I mean, price is important, but you just don't take the middle price. That's not the way to make a decision like this.
2: Well, you certainly want to know which ones do better work and the, the good news is yes you can get one that not just charges the middle price but charges one of the best prices and uh, if you choose carefully that can also be one that does top quality work and so you want to know both those things price and quality and you want to, and those measures of quality one of them of course can be by uh, you know surveying customers But we do, some of these things are much more uh, sophisticated and and much more difficult to do. For instance, uh, one of the things we do is rate the quality of surgeons. That's something that we always wanted to do. And the first thing we were able to do is rate hospitals looking at their outcomes, death rates, complication rates, etc. But we really wanted to do it at the individual surgeon level. We wanted to get that information from Medicare claims. We asked Medicare to give us that claims information, and they said, no, no, we can't give that out because that would invade the privacy of the surgeon. We thought that was nonsense. So we sued Medicare to get that information. And in that case, we sued. It took us you know, several years in court to get a result.
0: So it took years and years and years, but you finally got it.
2: We did, and we published ratings of surgeons in terms of their death rates and their rates of complications, and uh, we got all that kind of information and published it in our seven metro areas, but we also published uh, those surgeon ratings Uh, For the entire country. So people in other places could go to our surgeon ratings website, and they could find surgeons in in most parts of the country anyway, uh, and see uh, which ones had better results and which ones had worse results, and they could make their choices of surgeons with that in mind.
0: Well, when it comes to being a smart consumer, I always say knowledge is power, and that's what Checkbook does. It puts that knowledge into people's hands. Robert, I want to congratulate you on uh, 45 wonderful years. As the song goes, you're going to ease on down, ease on down the road.
2: But I know this
0: isn't the last we've heard of you. Uh, I hope you're very proud of what you did because it's truly amazing.
2: Well, it's been very satisfying, and you know I felt very good about the results, being able to get this information out because it was obvious that it was needed. And, and yet we were able to put out information that I was satisfied, really did it really was meaningful and reliable. And I've had a wonderful staff helping me do that. In fact, I would have retired a long time ago if I didn't have such a wonderful staff who were so satisfying to work with and who uh, obviously bring a lot more expertise to many of these questions than I could possibly bring to them.
0: And with all your visits to Seattle, you got to meet me.
2: Well, that of course was a high point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Robert, be well. And if you see President Lincoln, say hello to him for me, okay?
2: If I do, don't. But you're not going to count on that, I guess, are you? No, not at all. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> hey, job well done. Thank you so much for what you've done for all of us.
2: Well, thanks very much for uh, talking with me about it and uh, letting me spread the word about this kind of thing to other people. and, And I hope other people will find this kind of information and really get good services as a result.
0: Well, that's it for this edition of Consumerpedia. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss any episodes. Another way you can support this show is to follow us at Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram or at MyConsumerpedia
1: on Twitter. I'm Herb Weisbaum. Thank you for listening. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. We're a unique nonprofit that empowers you, the consumer, to save money and make smarter choices. From auto repair shops to doctors, plumbers to vets, you can count on Checkbook.org to help you find the best services and avoid the worst. Local ratings are unbiased and accurate. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org consumerpedia. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices.